Hello, I'm Banning Air, and you're listening to Season 6 of the Afropop Close-Up Podcast, where we go beyond the music into politics, religion, history, and culture. In this episode, guitarist, producer, and scholar Nathaniel Braddock takes us inside a search for Jan Ponsa, one of West Africa's most influential guitar rhythms. He digs into its roots among the oldest guitar music on the continent and shows how it's continued to influence the direction of African and international music right into the modern age. Here's Nathaniel with Echoes of Jan Ponsa. I've been performing and teaching African guitar for a couple of decades, and have worked with musicians from many parts of Western Central Africa. I first encountered the Diamponsa when I was living in Chicago and playing with musicians from Ghana. I led a group called the Occidental Brothers Dance Band International, and that's us playing the Diamponsa rhythm in the background now. Part of what I found tricky in learning Yamponsa was that it was both a specific song and a style or compositional mode, what Ghana musicians simply call a rhythm. Figuring out how these two Yamponsas interact is at the heart of this ubiquitous and enigmatic music. The musicians I was playing with are Kofi Cromwell and Asimov Rambo, who'd both been part of the blockbuster group Western Diamonds from the city of Takrabi along Ghana's west coast. Here's how I first encountered Ampansa and sensed its importance. One day, I was playing an event with musicians from the West African church where Kofi and Rambo played in the house band. And after our set, an older man approached me to tell me that I played Ampansa very well. Now, I didn't know this song, and I didn't think that we'd played it, but the man was Pa Joe from the celebrated High Life group, Ramblers International. So I paid attention. Talking to Rambo later, I learned that this Yamponsa was a whole category of thousands of songs with different names and lyrics. The following January in 2008, I headed on my first trip to the capital city of Accra to study with Rambo's good friend and the guitarist from Western Diamonds, Anthony Akable. Akable has been one of the hardest working musicians in Ghana over the past few decades. He's played on countless high life, hip life, jazz, and gospel recordings made in Accra's vibrant studio scene, and has toured in Africa and Europe regularly. A lot of what I've learned about West African guitar music comes from talking and performing with Akka over the last 15 years. He calls his music Kundun style, and it's at once both very modern as well as deeply rooted in the tradition of Ghanaian palm wine and high life, music that he learned as a teenager working with Juulaka and in Ghana's concert party circuit. I asked him if Yamponsa was a song or something else. Yamponsa is actually a song composed by Kwame Asari, also known as Jacob Sam, and recorded first in London by the Kumasi trial in 1928. The song is so popular that the Ghanaian musician has wrongly interpreted the rhythm and caused it after the song Yan Ponsan. The music of Yan Ponsan is 145 within a time of two measures, one for a Y measure and four and five shared within the next measure. Chords employed are chord one, chord one dominant seventh, Chord 4, 6th, 
and chord five, dominant seventh. Aga told me that the style of music that the Kamasi trio played was called palm wine music. And palm wine forms the foundation of all the high-life music that would follow in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Let's take a minute and talk about what palm wine music is. Palm wine is a style of social music, which is to say that it wasn't ritual music or associated with the royal courts, and it developed specifically along the coast of West Africa. Extensive trade had existed between different regions and peoples of the continent's coast for as long as people have put to sea, but it was the arrival of the Portuguese with the guitar and other European instruments that set the table for this new style. Palm wine is a fusion of traditional African song forms and ensemble percussion with Western instruments and harmonic vocabulary. Some say that those first guitars could have arrived hundreds of years ago, but the new style really took shape in the 19th and early 20th century. Palm wine and related string band styles like Moringa were concentrated in the major trading ports of West Africa, like Freetown, Lagos, and the Ghanaian city of Cape Coast. Of course, this was all in the times before recorded music, so songs and instrumental techniques were only circulating through person-to-person contact as mariners traveled from port to port. Some of the oldest palm wine guitar rhythms, mainline, the gumba, and firemen, make explicit reference to sea travel. This was the world that Yampansa emerged into. Most people who know the song's history attribute it to a group of Fante musicians from Cape Coast, known as the Kumasi Trio, that Aka mentioned. The group was led by singer and guitarist Kwame Asare, who often performed under the name Jacob Sam. And legend has it, he received his first guitar lessons from crew sailors from Liberia. In 1928, his group traveled to London and recorded two versions of Ampansa, issued on a 78 RPM disc by the Zonophone Record Company. Let's listen to that earliest recording. To help me answer my Yamponsa questions, I turn to my friend Ko Nimo. Ko is the elder statesman of Ghana music and has been largely responsible for preserving palm wine as a performance style. I performed with him in the States back in 2012 and then made my first visit to his home in the city of Kumasi the following year. I asked him what was essential to Yamponsa and he picked up his guitar to show me. And if I am teaching, I do break it into two bits. First, 
50%. Take a bite. This is impossible. But then I move on. What he's showing me here is an internal melody of the guitar, not the vocal melody or the chords exactly, but this theme that moves inside the music. The key to this part is that it actually lands on the offbeat, so it expresses this rhythmic thing that is so uniquely Ghanaian. The syncopation of that group of three guitar notes is what makes the music pop. You can hear it on the bell and the percussion behind me now. I asked Ko and Akable about the roots of the music and where the song came from. Here's Ko Nemo again. And it was, what was that, in 17, 1918, in a town called Apeja. There lived a woman by name Yamponsa. She was married to a cocoa broker. And she was teaching ballroom dancing because cocoa was booming then. Mm-hmm. So there was money to spend. Some Kumasi tribe would visit, you know, itinerant musicians. And the time they go to Akim Apeja, this lady will give them all the, all the hospitality that is typical of Ghanaian. Interestingly, some fell in love with this great woman. But the only way some could express this was to record the Amponsa, if need be, get divorced and marry me. <laughs> Akable told me a slightly different version of the story that has circulated among Ghanaian musicians. Yeah, Yang Ponsa is a lady who was selling palm wine and he was going to the beach to take the palm wine from the palm wine tapas and then bring it to the joint where guys would be sitting and drinking and having fun. The man who moved from Cape Coast, he learned this Yang Ponsa rhythm, Kwame Kamiasari and Jacob Sam is the same person. And then he learned it from this ceremonies. And then uh, the mother said, no, he's being a truant. So they moved him to Apedra, where the uncle lived. They wanted him to school there. This man went there with his guitar, and then he did not go to school. <laughs> he went to where the Pamuan joint is. He said, he sit down and play for people to have fun, you get some drink and then go home. So this woman who brings the palm wine from the, the farms, she is called the young concern. But he's got a nice back. So Joseph Sam who is and you say Yamponsa, if I look at your back. I will leave my wife, I will leave my marriage. Yang Ponsa, I will leave my marriage. Mm-hmm. So he said, Yang Ponsa me jawari, Yang Ponsa jawari, Yang Ponsa me jawari, Yang Ponsa jawari. Jawari yo, jawari yo, Yang Ponsa jawari. 
That means you will let me leave my marriage. These stories are fascinating, but when I asked Ko about whether the song truly originated with Kwame Asare, he says that probably it was already circulating among Palm Wine musicians. Sam wasn't the composer of Yamponsa. It was a traditional tune, Tashina E. The composer is not known. It so, was floating. So the and music was already out. Yes, and Sam concretized it. Yeah. Another incredible resource on Ghanaian popular music is the University of Ghana's Professor John Collins. Collins also ran the Bokur Music Studio in Accra for decades and is a guitar player himself. In his article, African Guitarism, Collins theorizes that the intricate guitar playing of Yamponsa probably developed as a counterpoint arrangement invented to lay against the older mainline guitar rhythm. I asked Collins to tell me more about mainline and its relationship to Yamponsa. It's older. I think when the Ghanaians learnt the mainline, then after you know playing the mainline for a few years, they got bored and d- decided to bring in another guitar doing a syncopated version of the mainline. With it, right? With it, which That's is... One, so, yeah, the, 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 because even the mainline, you can still play mainline with Yamponsu. They fit, they interlock very nicely, actually. Yeah. Two guitars. I mean, it's just one of that group of styles that in Ghana, at least, they, they believe comes from the crew people. Sure. But as you say, it could be the crew people from Sierra Leone, not necessarily from Liberia. I'm going to jump forward a couple decades now and change continents to show you a little more about the lasting impact of Yamfansa. I was in New York in 2009 and met a musician named Lovelyas Addison, who performed under the name Kofi Electric. Kofi Electric had been the drummer in professional bands in Ghana before coming to the States in the 1970s. He stayed at an apartment up in Harlem that became a way station for countless musicians passing through town including the South African trumpet player, Hugh Masekela. Kofi told me about a call he got from Masekela when Hugh was out supporting Paul Simon on his Graceland tour. Simon was beginning the process of making his follow-up record, which would be 1990's Rhythm of the Saints. So after Graceland, uh, he called me from Europe and said, uh, Paul, you give my number to Paul and Paul called me. He needs West Africa musicians, guitarists. And stuff like that. Sure. So, uh, you know, he called me, and I got some few. I got some few guitars for for him. Ogo, Itadi, some few guitars that I know in New York area. Mm-hmm. So they went there uh, for about two weeks. Paul called me back. He has told him that I play guitar when he comes to my house. I said yes yeah, for fun. He said come. So I went to the studio. He said. Uh, Take these two tapes. These were percussion, music, no voice, no, no any instrument, only the percussion from Brazil. So he gave it to me and I was listening. Anytime I come from work, I was listening. Also, then I came up with three tunes. So I went there and I played the three tunes and he said he likes two. Then I was playing up on some myself sitting down there and he said, what about this? I said, uh, it's a Ghana folk music. He said, lay it down. So I played on 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 one of the rhythms. I laid it down, and after that, he took my two tracks, pressed the Yaponza. One of Kofi's tunes became the album's title cut, "Rhythm of the Saints," and the Yaponza that he played became Simon's "Spirit Voices." 
When Kofi explained to the producers that it was a traditional rhythm, Simon realized he had to do right by Ghana musicians. So he went with Kofi and the drummer Asante Ocherima to the Ghanaian Embassy in New York and made a large donation that was then used to found the country's National Folklore Board, an organization charged with protecting the country's folkloric intellectual property. This includes the music as well as Ashanti Adinkra symbols and the design and manufacture of kente cloth. So that's a lot of Amponsa already. But when I started digging into the tune further, I found that there were all sorts of additional variations, including minor versions by Ibo Taylor and Alhaji K. Frimpong, and versions in other countries, from Nigeria to Congo to Guinea. The Benbea jazz song, Mami Wata, is in Amponsa, with a truly fascinating story that I hope to share with you on a different day. I'd like to thank my friends featured in this episode. Anthony Akable, Ko Nemo, Kofi Electric, and John Collins, as well as my Occidental brother bandmates, Asamoah Rambo and Kofi Cromwell. Thanks also to Coulter Harper, who let me crash on his floor during my last two trips to Accra. A lot of this also went into my master's thesis, and I want to thank David Locke and Jeff Summit for their advice during that process. There's a ton more technical analysis and a pile of great stories in it, if you want to check it out. This Afropop close-up was made possible by a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts. But to keep the series going, we need your support. Visit afropop.org and make a donation. Every dollar counts. When I was a kid, I heard African music for the first time on this program, and it changed my life. That's why I make a donation every year. For Afropop Worldwide, I'm Nathaniel Braddock.